Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Vendors, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. to another episode of Hatch Nightly, folks. Uh, just get to it. Uh, Mason, how the fuck are you? Just just dive deep in it. How are you, bud? I'm fucking exhausted. Fucking exhausted. I love this. Why? Yeah. School's got gotcha. you? I had my clinical today. I got up nice. at five, 5 in the morning. Uh, 4 a.m. your time. And... Woo! I had a pretty long shift. Uh-huh. Carried some fucking very the I was in a my uh my wing had some rather large heavy men that needed to be lifted. Mm-hmm. I did that for about six hours. Nice. And then I came back and, and I grinded on some schoolwork, and then I'm here. That was pretty much my day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, buddy. Um, excuse me. Well, I don't know why. It's very unprofessional of me to put candy in my mouth as we record. Um, but my wife's got a high chew here, and I know if I don't eat it now, I'm not going to have it. Um, I have some important news. Oh, sorry. I thought you were just gonna go go along. With no, that. no. I need I need your approval. Okay, I'm listening. I need the back and forth. You might think it's something uh, about work. You're wrong. I had a package come in the other day. My wife's birthday is coming up. She knows she's got some packages coming in for me. Um, I get a Facetime. Excuse me, Jesus, this is a terrible idea. I get a FaceTime. I'm sorry, not FaceTime. I get a Snapchat from one of her friends. My wife calls me on the phone, and the friend is videotaping it. She's like, I got a box here. Is it one of my birthday presents? They're a little drunk. It's a midday drunk, you know, just kind of girl, you know, having like a little session. Um, I'm like, it could be. What's up? She's like, I was wondering if I can open it now. And of course, her friend is like egging her on, like, yeah, girl, let's open, you know, open it now. Let's get that present. Let's let's have a, another awesome part of the day. So I'm like, look, if you want to ruin your one of your birthday presents, go ahead. 
I'm thinking it's um, a new album I got her, you know, a new vinyl. Um, she didn't tell me the size of the box. The box is rectangular. She opens the box and she's like, it's just pens. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on the other end of the phone and I'm ecstatic because I was able to track down the exact type of pen that that bitch from that Christian school stole <laughs> from me. And now I have five duplicate copies of the greatest pen in the world. It is a fantastic <laughs> life for me right oh now. Oh my God. What a fucking callback. <laughs> was that last episode or the episode? Dude, no, before? it was like fucking right before Mardi Gras. It could be like a month ago. Oh my God. I got my pens back and I like all is right in the world right now. You know, like the planets realigned. I'm good to go and I'm not opening them until um, I start my new job. <laughs> so I just got this fresh pack staring at me every time I open the drawer and I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes. Right here. We're good to go. Um, so I awesome. thought you'd get a kick out of that. The video was like my wife. I'm watching it. She opens it. <laughs> she moves like the bag, you know, like there's shit that's over it. She pulls it out. She pulls it out back when she turns it over. She's like, it's just pens. And I, you can hear me on speakerphone. Let's fucking go. Just hooping <laughs> and hollering and shit about my fucking pens being back in my life. But uh, I figured I'd share that on here since I was devastated that day. My life has not been right since. No, that is awesome. <laughs> Such a stupid callback. Anyway, I got another bizarre um, topic to bring up. I figured we do it a little later. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just had to mute and close my window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't hear them. The, the neighbors were screaming, dumping their bong out the window. Dude, that's what's up. Life of a college kid. College kid. Dude. Nothing, nothing was better than getting high in college. All right. Even like. You're a senior, you know, you think you got the world by the balls. Let's get high. Nothing on getting high in college. College was just, just ultra fun. Ultra fun. Um, but yeah, since the last time we talked, we had two games, one good, one bad. Uh, but we had the Philly game and the Sens game. Philly game absolutely demolished them 5-2. Um. Any highlights you, you remember from that that's like kind of sticks out to you? Uh the Justin Barron goal was pretty solid. I remember that. I think Suzuki no Suzuki scored against Ottawa. Um was it I think it was Barron against Philly? Honestly, it's all no, kind of a blip. I think Barron Barron was against the Sens. A lot of stuck out to me. Maybe it was taken back. I don't see uh, I don't see Barron. Baron was a primary assist on Yessi Yelonen. Oh, yeah, the pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Chris Tierney, Suzuki. That's that where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris Tierney, Tierney, baby. And his uh, Habs debut. That's pretty awesome. Chris Tierney to the fucking moon. <laughs> I am having a good time tonight. Uh, great game for us. 
against a team that we're just better, <laughs> better than. Always find it against Philly. Um, starts out David Savard. Yolonen had quite a fucking game that night. Um, but Chris Tierney, first first game, first goal. Uh, Suzuki had a power play goal. Dude, I am so sorry. I apologize for eating candy on this fucking podcast. Um, Yesu Yolonen gets his first on the year with that sick pass from Barron. And uh, a Josh Anderson goal who's been – uh, kind of lighting up, you know, kind of getting hot. Yeah, that's the way of putting it. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's it's the right time to get hot. We got about four days left until the trade deadline. We'll see what happens. I know that they're kind of fond of him, but uh, some of these moves that are happening, just fuck, dude. It seems like you can give up an, an average player and just get a uh, gold mine, but um. Let's just, I mean, fucking let's just knock it out real quick. We had the Ottawa game. Um, I forgot what people on Twitter were just losing their fucking mind. I didn't get the chance to watch a lot of this game, but um, there was a supposed penalty that happened, and it was uh, it was pretty brutal that it didn't get called, but not the greatest night for the Habs uh, with, a, if I'm not mistaken, a 5-2 loss to a reverse of uh, – I think the Wednesday game. Uh, yeah, so nothing really, not a lot of positive things. Uh, I had a nice Nick Suzuki goal and uh, Mike Matheson put the burners on again with another uh, Baron uh, primary assist. Yeah. Um... I thought the Matheson goal was pretty, like, um, it was pretty, it was a pretty good indicator of what Mike Matheson is going to bring in the future and what he brings when he is healthy. I think he's going to be this mm-hmm. team number one defenseman, um, leading the way, show like helping the forward, the young forwards, helping the young D um, for the next few years. And I think this is a guy that can absolutely stick around. I was going to say, so you do feel as if the Habs are going to give Mike Matheson some tenure, considering a lot of people online are like he's showing exactly what he needs to right now in order for us to to make a move. But I am on the bold side, think that Matheson is great for our future. I mean, the only downside is more or less is is his health. You know, can he stay healthy and not become – something that we're just paying that's not really helping with the development of the the young guys around him. Well, yeah, like I think, sorry, you can ask Beautiful two goal. questions. There, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First. Go one, a one. Um, Let's go with it. To answer the first, I think that Mathis. Yeah. Like I think the stuff on Twitter and online, I think it's ridiculous. I think there's this fucking stupid, like, tank culture that's going on right now that they think you can just sell everybody on the team mm-hmm. and play fucking pylons like you can't do that that's not how a rebuild works you can't just throw the young guys to the wolves we've seen teams that have done this like i think it's so it's incredible to me because the people that do this think they're geniuses and think that they know best than anyone but they don't see 
like what i don't know twitter gms kind of bother me and i think it's it's becoming kind of rampant in the habs community if yeah. you think that the habs can sell every single one of their good players every not even good veteran player just every mm-hmm. nhl caliber player they have and just tank then you're an idiot and you haven't been watching the nhl look what buffalo did look i understand buffalo's on the rise now look how long it took them Buffalo did that. They sold every piece they had and they got Jack Eichel. And look, he's not going to be the solution there. It's a different rebuild. It's not the same rebuild for 12 years. Look what's happening in Arizona. Chicago, where they've just been lingering at the bottom of the NHL's basement. They had their restart. They got Kirby Dock third overall. They've done, they're going to have to restart. Teams that just cut and cut and cut and ship everyone off they don't win edmonton did it for Connor mcdavid as well my entirety of college more or less they were every year was getting the number one pick yes and and look what's happened they have Connor mcdavid they have leon dreisel arguably the number one and two player in the league and they're not going to win anything this year so i think this idea of just selling everybody is stupid and i understand those teams aren't that's not the only reason those organizations aren't on their way to win a cup but if you're not if you can't see the correlation there and you can't see how it matters and how having those veterans teach the young guys like listen mm-hmm. is david savard going to teach caden Gooley or Leighton hudson how to be an offensive dynamo no is he going to even really show them maybe he won't even improve their defensive game Maybe he won't give them any tips on the ice, but you're on your own. <laughs> he, knows, he knows how to be a professional hockey player. Mm-hmm. And he's dealt with that pressure in Montreal. Now and he gets it. He knows his way around the locker room and he has won a Stanley cup. He knows what those star players have done. He knows what it takes as a team because at the end of the day, this is a team sport. So I think you're an absolute moron. If you think, if you watch Matheson and think, this guy, we need to get rid of him right away. Like there is value in keeping some of your veteran players and to, to ship everyone off and just like, I don't know. I think it's a ridiculous motion and I think people need to get it out of their heads because not only will it not work, this management isn't going to do that. That's not the way they play. We've seen that now. So just, I think we need to move on from this idea that everyone's getting shipped out especially as we approach the trade deadline. Um, so, yeah, the question was regarding Matheson, but I think he is here to stay, and I think there are other veterans that are here to stay too. Whether or not I agree with that or not is difficult to say, but I don't think this team is going to cut ties with every single NHL veteran they have. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, dude. I think you hit it on the head, and I think that's a strong opinion that a lot of our listeners can – can get behind, you know, uh, I know everyone's opinionated and they, they, they see what Kent Hughes and uh, Jeff Gordon are capable of. And, you know, they just want, they just want to see the big names come in. Uh, it's not guaranteed the last time that we really kind of sold in and, and took in and brought in all of, you know, like just really made massive changes was, you know, uh, what, 2021. And it was cool, but it it's not going to get the job done. It it could get you there, but you know the chances of it 
finishing and taking home the Stanley Cup is it's not high. And I like where we're at. I love I love what we did to get there. But I want to see uh, I don't want to see this team man. I don't want to see management be so cutthroat that uh, we're left with a bunch of futures and an AHL squad. You know, granted, that's kind of what we're running right now due to injuries. But, you know, I want I want these guys to get the development. And if they deem a couple of these guys that might not be, you know, uh, offensively productive anymore or, you know, kind of, you know, kind of on the back end, I, if they deem that they're important in the the betterment of the of the, the young guys, I'm, I'm all for it, you know. No, absolutely. And. Speaking of the trade deadline, um, the Habs have a uh, have made a trade, and uh, we've kind of beaten around the bush to it, with it. Uh, before we get to that, or um, did we? Or did we? <laughs> um, before we get to that, a quick word from uh, our friends at DraftKings. That's right. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Uh, after watching the, I think it's called Full Swing on Netflix, I'm really interested in, in throwing a little money down on um, on some PGA. I know we got the Masters coming up. We got, if I'm not mistaken, one more big one before the Masters, and then it's the Masters. Uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little a little money down. Uh, I think it's uh, Scotty Scheffler's chance. Is that is that is that gonna happen? Probably not. But if his fucking if his numbers are good, I throw a little money down. Especially with DraftKings constantly giving you uh, chances with like free money. So, but anyway, uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And now a word from my friends over at Raycon. This time of the year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes in your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycons is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party. Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon started half the price of the other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. 
Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Uh, some of my favorite things about them, one, uh, I think my favorite is, my most favorite is uh, is the eight hours of play. Uh, really big. I use them for work. I throw them on for lunch on the charger. I can really push that to about 12 to 14 hours, especially when I got to work like Pelicans games. Uh, another big thing, crystal clear call quality. Uh, great for, you know, Mardi Gras, great for work in the games. I'm trying to, you know, talk to uh, a salesman, trying to talk to uh, one of the, the workers at the Superdome and trying to uh, resolve an issue before I get there, see if there's something I can do. Um, that ability to be able to isolate the sounds of the call while, you know, not really being impacted by the loudness of the game or event is really big. And also because I wear them so much, the custom gel tips um, are just beyond comfortable I don't like sore ears. Uh, I think my ears are small, so uh, they get punished a lot more, especially with like the old like um, iPhone earbuds. So um, it's refreshing to be able to take them out and my ears aren't like, you know, feel like they've been stretched out. But anyway, uh, ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get a 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, Mason, where were we before we were talking? I think we were about to bring up our um, fantastic trade. Garyanov. Yeah, so the Hobbs traded Evgeny Dadunov for um, Garyanov from the Dallas Stars. Um, What a move. Yeah, I think uh, so. Allegedly, what happened is the Habs weren't able to acquire a. They were looking for like a third round pick for Dadnov, mm-hmm. weren't getting it, and uh, Hughes decided that you know getting a um, Guryanov, who is a project, absolutely twenty five years old, you know, has flashed some great potential in the past, but has never really. He's he's a classic tools guy. He has all the tools, but he's never really put it together. And um, also kind of never, you know, had fourth line minutes in Dallas, similar to kind of a Val Nishushkin. He's not going to be Val Nishushkin, though. Don't get mistaken. He's not going to be that good for us, but he's a player that I think could definitely develop. But Habs decided, can't use Jeff Gordon. They'd rather get that than a fifth or fourth round pick. Honestly, I'm all for that. I think, you know, fourth, fifth rounds picks usually aren't NHL players. You're getting a guaranteed NHL player. And if we've learned anything from looking at trade trees and stuff, it's that, you know, the teams that win trades are usually the teams that get the most games played. Like, I I think it gets lost on how important just games played are to winning a trade and getting a bonafide NHLer for an expiring guy who, has only really played good the last three weeks, I think is, is not bad, not bad dealing for Kent Hughes. We're essentially getting Dennis Gurionov for Shea Weber's contract. Cause that's what we traded to mm-hmm. him for Dononov. So uh, I love, I love this deal personally. I think it's great. I think it's low risk, um, high reward. And I think uh, Kent Hughes is once again, swinging for the fences with, you know, low risk for himself here. 
I think this is massive. Um, one to trade, uh, excuse me, to trade a 33 year old, almost 34 year old guy for a younger, you know, 25 year old guy, uh, in a position that, well, more or less a winger that, you know, um, some of our guys are, are already gone, you know, Slavkovsky, Gallagher, uh, Evans, Caulfield, um, really big to, to kind of fit, fill in a piece for us. Um, like you said, you know, a third and fourth rounder is not guaranteed. This is a guy that's in, um, as far as his flash in the pan, um, fantastic. The, during the bubble, if you, if we get anything like we saw Gurionov, uh, play for Dallas during that playoffs, um, it, it just elevates us. I think that it's a, it's already a win trade, um, you know, two months ago, we're talking about Dadanov, you know, uh, about saying not not every, you know, trade is going to be worth an asset. We were talking like, you know, uh, a couple of seventh uh, seventh round picks or something. If if we even move them, um, and sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. I think this is massive. Um, I've seen Der- Dennis uh, Garionov play in person, uh, lightning quick, too. Um, and he does have all the tools, you know, it's about putting the pieces around him. I feel that when he did play to his best, he did have a great uh, set around him. They, uh, but he was very fluid on his, on their lines over the years. Um, and then a lot of time was dealt with uh, Sagan and it was during like, you know, times where Sagan really wasn't uh, producing. I feel like, uh, you know, he's definitely going to a team that that isn't as high and flying as Dallas is, but he also wasn't given those chances with a lot of those guys. So um, a change of pace, I think, is going to do him really good. He's 25. He gets a chance to to prove uh, that he deserves a higher spot than he was getting at third and fourth line over in Dallas. And um, with the team really, you know, lacking depth right now of, of players that have played in the NHL for a little bit. I think he's got a strong shot at getting some great high end, um, high end starts on with, with great players. I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, play with Suzuki every now and then. Um, if he gets a good shot, if he gets a good chance. What I think is conducive to, um, Kiryanov playing, like being a good project to have too Mm -hmm. is, um, his skating ability coupled with the fact that he has great hands to match and that those being able to skate is now more important than ever in the NHL. And especially on a team that plays like right. Montreal. Yeah. Dallas stars are kind of an older school team, even their superstars like mm-hmm. Jason Robertson is not a great skater. Rupe Hintz is one of the most elite in the league, but the face of their franchise is not a phenomenal skater. Jamie Benn is still there. Tyler Sagan. Like these aren't Joe Pavelski. They're not a very mobile team. They get well, it in their zone they, and they, they try are, to they cycle it. They don't. Yeah. They don't play in that manner. And I think Garyanov coming to a young fast paced Habs team is definitely going to be beneficial. And the opportunities are going to be there. Is Dennis Garyanov going to break out? I don't know. But I think in Montreal, and especially this season, he will have every opportunity to. If there is a chance he will break out, he will break out. Do you know what I'm saying? No, and let's look at his uh, 
he took a one-year deal at two two point nine, you know, to to stay with Dallas. I think that's great for us. Um, I feel like Dennis Gurionov can be um, an easily easily signed guy, you know, especially coming off of you know having some lackluster years the past two three seasons. Um, I think it'll benefit with Kent Hughes and them. And but I think you said it right, though, as far as, you know, he's going to get every opportunity. I think that also draws him in as being like, you know, this is the offer we're going to give you and you're going to get a chance to play high minutes with, you know, probably top two lines. Um, And I think I think it's going to be tough for him to pass on that. I really do think he's going to he. I don't think he's going to become like an elite player, but I think he's going to make his name um, with the Canadians simply because he's going to get put in a role where he has every opportunity to to succeed, you know? So I'm all for this. I love that. It's a young guy. Um, It reminds me of, I'm going to say Rem Pitlick only because he was a younger guy that just needed an opportunity and he had every opportunity to to show himself last year. And he did. And it was fan. It was, he was a fantastic uh, addition to this team. I think this guy uh, clearly a first rounder, he was picked 12th overall. I think this guy still has a lot to prove. And with Dallas, unfortunately he had Rupe come in, he had uh, Robinson come in and, you know, I think it kind of just pushed him down the well a little bit. And then he was being paired with, you know, sometimes he was on Sagan's line. Sometimes he was on, um, on Ben's line, and those guys, those guys, you know, showed, uh, you know, great leagues in the beginning of the season. But you know, they've they've starting to cool down, and it's, you know, if 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 I don't want to say age is catching up to them, but if they're not really producing, if you look at Dallas right now, they they're not really producing that well offensively. You know, he's not going to be put in the front. He's just going to be dogged in in the back where they're going to force him to skate and more or less try to play like a a, a two-way forward role. And it's, I'm not saying that that's not his strong suit, but I know that his wheelhouse is going to be more of an offensive rush. And, God, the Canadians, that's all we do is, is it's either we're getting picked or we're rushing in with no clear objective on how to get it into the net I think Dennis can be maybe a card that kind of helps us with that. Yeah, sorry. I I can't say I really agree with the Rem Petlick comparison. Um I only I, I only compare Pitlick, them as far as being young. Not yeah, not necessarily Pitlick, like what he's Pitlick, coming in. Pitlick to do. is younger and has had, had less opportunity in the NHL and I just think in terms of like the type of player to, I just, I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't think the situation's exactly the same. Um, Rem Pitlick wasn't a high draft pick. Like Deskaryanov was a 12th overall pick. <laughs> um, and I think that with, you know, 12th overall picks, they often get, you know, say what you want. First round picks get more chances. And I think that's what you're seeing with Dennis Gurionov here. But what I want to highlight too is we're talking about his speed and his skating ability and his and his his um you know his hands and his skill set. This is also a six foot three, two hundred and five pound man. Dennis Gurionov has like when we say he's fast, he is fast, but he's also 
God, mind-blowingly fast good. for his size. <laughs> yes, but also just exceptional edge work. And he's a like, he's a he's not just a good big skater. He is a good skater. Couple that with his size, and I think reason to be optimistic here is that we've seen what the Habs have been able to do with Kirby Doc and his game, how to help him elevate it. I can't wait to see Denis Gurionov after he has some time with Adam Nicholas. Okay. Um, the skills coach um, yeah. who's done a great job and who seems to just be fucking phenomenal. All the guys love him. We can see the effects of what he's been teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that player can be taught to utilize his size skill with his reach and his speed, you can have a very dominant um, winger who could be on the Habs in a third, maybe second line. I would say more likely third line role for a long time. Right. I do. I do want to throw this out there. Could be reaching, but just looking at it, um, Gurionov really gets his start the year of uh, of COVID. You know, so the season gets shut down. He only plays sixty four games, um, but has an has an unreal year. The next year, if we all remember, Dallas is like dead last. Like I don't remember if they if they end dead last, but if I'm not mistaken. We they did because it's the same thing that happened with us where it was they they were the team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals lost and then were the worst team the following year. So I mean even at that even with that, fifty five games played he's got twelve goals for thirty points and then the following year, you know us uh, only seventy three games played 11, 11 goals for thirty one points. I mean, pretty consistent. It, it's a bit of a drop compared, you know, because he's he's got like an extra twenty something games there. But I feel like Dennis. I'm sorry, I just want to go ahead. Are you saying Dallas finished last in the NHL? Yeah, the year. Well, I think. Look, I'm not looking at that, but I I remember that stat being being said because of how we finished last year. That the year after Dallas went to the Cup. They were a bottom feeder team, was one of the worst in the league, and if not last at some point. Because I do remember that uh, being brought up saying that the last two, you know, at that time, the last two um, or two teams in the last five years that went to the cup did, that didn't win were the worst team in the league the following year at okay. some point. Um, I just, sorry, Dallas was nowhere near last after their Stanley Cup. No, like not even close. They might have been a bottom feeder at some point during that because I they, remember they, they didn't. Was... They didn't make the playoffs, but like Buffalo had thirty-seven points. That was the year that, like, I think it was like thirty-seven points that year. Okay, that, well, maybe, maybe, Buffalo. maybe they didn't finish last, but at some point they were the worst team in the league. Yeah, maybe because I'm I do, sure. I do remember that stat because of us. It got brought up again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just looked no, no, no. Up. You're fine. Yeah. It just sorry. You just tickled my brain there. I was like, I'm pretty sure like Buffalo was like historically bad that year, and yeah, right. Buffalo won 15 games that year. Drafted Owen Power. So all I'm saying, yeah, maybe it's a reach, but I feel like this kid had his opportunity somewhat cut short because of COVID. He blew up his his, you know, his uh, his rookie year. He's you know, almost cracks the top 10 for the call. There probably would have, if it was a, a full season, uh, goes off. The next year, they're just really, really, really bad, especially to start. 
Um, and then with, with that, you know, I'm sure line changes came in. Um, and then the year after that, he has more or less the same season. But, you know, we see the emergence of uh, Jason Robertson, uh, Pavelski, that whole line. Like, basically, all the youth plus, you know, the two youths plus Pavelski just take the fuck off. And it just forces him down. I feel like he had not necessarily robbed, but just the worst timing ever for his for his development was because of COVID. And I know you could probably say that with a bunch of guys, but I mean, I'm just looking at his his stats and thinking about it. I feel like he did get, you know, a, a bad play over there simply because of that, you know. Uh, he didn't produce in a time when no one on the team was producing, so he got forced down, and then it's just the way the way of the game. Robertson comes in, who becomes a franchise guy. Rupe Hintz is there and is is doing well alongside Robinson, so he gets elevated as well. And I'm not saying that he's not good without him. I just think that Gurionov was just dealt a shit hand due to COVID, and he has an opportunity to pick that back up here. I can't lie. I think you're being – a Gurionov apologist here. I like this guy. I really do. I, I really just do. like uh, Corey, in my humble opinion, An apologist. <laughs> I think I that it. a guy drafted in 2015, the same year Connor McDavid was drafted. I don't think his development was stifled due to COVID. No, like, I mean, he didn't guy, get his start. Had, well, he started in 2016 was his first NHL game. And then he was in the one AHL. game AHL. Then he goes, he doesn't come back till 18, 19 season. So he doesn't play anything in the 17, 18. But season. what I'm saying is that's not, that's a product of him not developing and not being worthy of a 12th overall pick. I don't think that his development was stifled due to COVID. I think that's, I, I just don't want you to oversell this player. I like Gurionov. I like the trade. I think it's a home run for the Habs. Gurionov is not going to be, realistically, I would put money on, if I'm a DraftKings better, I'm putting money on Gurionov not being a top six player for the Montreal Canadiens. Do I think he could be a middle six guy? Yeah, maybe he could be a second line player at best, but I don't think he's consistently going to be there. And I think it would be more unlikely that he's a second line player on a championship team than it is that it would happen. I just don't think he's going to reach that caliber, especially at his age. 25 for a defenseman is like you're, you know, you're blossoming. You've still got time to grow 25 for a forward. You kind of are who you are. That is your prime. That is your peak. Right. And I think we have to be realistic. Like, just for to play, you know, onto that in 2015, the Habs drafted Noah Juleson. And tell me, how long have you thought that Joe, Noah Juleson was a bust? Because I don't even think he really got a shot here. But what I'm saying is, he didn't, he didn't, he, he wasn't didn't, strong enough to make it to the team. He is, wasn't is an, he's not an NHL player. Yes, okay. other guys in that draft, Lawson Kraus. 11th overall. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees him as a bust. Jacob Zabor. This is the year Boston had three in a row. Jacob Zaboral, Zachary Seneshin. Like those guys are considered. Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what I'm saying is these are guys are the exact same age as Denis Gurionov. And you look at the players in this draft class who have become something. 
Dylan Strom, Miko Rantanen, Timo Meyer, Zach. Like, look at what Timo Meyer just got traded for this season, and look what Gurionov just got traded for. One was traded for multiple first round picks and prospects, the other was traded for Evgeny Dadanov. So, yeah, I think it's a good deal. I think the Habs have gotten something, but. You even have a player, Rupe Hintz is drafted in 2015. They both played for the Dallas Stars. And Rupe Hintz is a superstar. Denis Gurionov isn't. So do I think Gurionov was a little bit stifled in what he could do on the fourth line? Yes, I don't think he was put in a position to succeed this year or maybe even last year. However, I think if he warranted, like I think if he was going to develop he into a player worthy of the 12th overall pick, he would have developed into that player already, regardless of that, because Rupe Hintz was a second round draft pick and he made it. And as I, as we spoke about earlier, those first round guys get more chances. So if I just think to say that him, that Gur, sorry, Guryanov was hindered by Dallas and, you know, he's going to get this opportunity and he has a lot of growth left, I think is, I think you're selling, you're you're gassing up Kent Hughes a little bit too much here. I think Gurionov's a great addition. I think that this is a great trade. Montreal essentially trades him for nothing. But I don't think that this is going to be realistically more than a third line skilled, very skilled, very effective third line player for us. And I think at most. Like I said, you hope in your wildest dreams he makes the second line and he's a consistent second line player. But to be realistic, he's probably going to be a third line guy for us. And that's okay. I just, I don't think he has that much growth left. That's fair. I think you're underselling him. I'm overselling him. We'll meet in the middle <laughs> at a 60 point fucking season. No, I'm oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no i think that was a good i think that was a good analysis it, it played both sides of it pretty well and um you know we'll let we'll let the the game decide his his fate you know <laughs> fair enough but no e- either way either fucking way i could pump you know there uh can't use his tires that's a fucking that's a pump up to move uh, a 33-year-old that showed three weeks worth of improvement for a 25-year-old um, that was quite arguably one of the craziest guys to watch during the bubble. Um, and if he never shows that again, whatever. Uh, this was a great move because uh, I feel like we, we can get so much more if he doesn't stay here. We can get so much more for Gurionov. <clears throat> than we could for dad and off. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to be a win for us. I would agree to that to the moon. No, I can agree with that. <laughs> Where do you want to take this? Um, I think like, I don't You're know. Do you have you want to take... else to... All right. I'm going to take it off the rails. Okay. I'm going to take it off the rails. I know you got shit to do. I got to get this off my chest. All right. Drink a lot of water. I've uh, been doing. Uh, it's been hot as fuck. Welcome to summer. If you live in Louisiana, welcome back to summer. Uh, 90, 94, 95 degrees uh, Saturday and Sunday. 
disgusting. I cut my grass for the first time in what feels like a month, and it was miserable. Um, anyway, drink it, drink a shitload of water, right? But I want something. I want something a little, a little sweet. I'm not a big soft drinks type of guy, but we normally keep Canada Dry at the house. Okay, I'm a big Canada Dry guy. Um, like a ginger ale. My wife, who is the reason why this shit's always in my house, um, stopped drinking ginger ale and has picked up the most bougiest shit in the world, which is uh, puree, I'm guessing is how you pronounce it. Basically, just carbonated, disgusting fucking water, just battery acid, bougie, like, like we can afford to buy, you know the expensive toilet paper like just bullshit okay anyway so she's been knocking this shit back like she's something else um we have no ginger ale and i was like you know what i've been killing waters um i just want something a little sweet i'm gonna have a ginger ale i ain't got none i ain't got a single fucking one i got beer i don't want a beer i just want something kind of sweet something that's got like a little bit of carbonation um because in my you know peanut brain that's going to quench my thirst and get me going to get back out there with the weed whacker. Uh, we don't have any ginger ale cans. I open the pantry. We have a old deflated, non-carbonated ginger ale can of dry that's been in there since like Christmas. I open it up, you know, a loud crisp CO2 comes out. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know, it's got a little something in the tank. No, that was just all of it. Just it was like a, a final gasp, you know, uh, of the bottle. It, it's completely, it, it's got no carbonation. It's just terrible. I did the unthinkable. I thought that if I took the Perrier carbonated water and poured some of that into a glass and then put the Canada dry on top of it that it would recarbonate the Canada dry. And uh, it was fucking disgusting. It was fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm trying to understand. You tried I to tried re- to Frankenstein a, a, a Canada dry with carbonated water. That is the like. <laughs> Say it. Say it, because I is the, I felt I felt the, foolish. I that felt is really the foolish. Dumbest thing I have ever heard. I felt really foolish, and I poured like you know what you know what that sounds like. It's like I poured like well someone, into twenty ounces. Have you ever heard someone say like when some say something's supposed to be in the oven for like forty minutes at like three hundred Fahrenheit? Uh huh. And then you, you always get some fucking genius that's like, oh, just it put up. it in, for, put it in for twenty at like six hundred. <laughs> that is what you did. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was a tough look, dude. It was it was born out of just want, you know, and tiredness. And you know what? I, I failed. And um no one knew that except for me and the cats, as I fucking, you know, let's spit it up in the fucking sink. Um but I have to live with that that I I tried to uh, revitalize uh, <laughs> some Canada Dry. That is extreme thirst. 
to the point to where I had to hide the evidence because, you know, she she counts her cans, I guess. I uh, I crushed the fucking can and put it at the bottom of the trash can. I was like, can't let her know because she's going to be like, oh, you tried it. How was it? And be like, oh, I fucking poured it down the sink. Seven dollars. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Yeah, I thought I thought that would be fun. Hopefully someone got a laugh out of that. Hopefully someone's got my back and was like, yeah, I've tried that. Happens to the best of us. And it's, they're not like Mason. That's like, yeah, you fucking imbecile. Jesus. So what, Mason? Uh anyway, I've got nothing else. Uh there were some big trades. Maybe we can talk about them next time. Do have an episode coming out in like two days? <laughs> Maybe we could bring it back up. Um, Mason, got anything else to say? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Well, uh, we will be on Gurianov watch, uh, for now until the end of eternity. Thanks to, uh, my fantastic speech, but, uh, I want to thank y'all so much for listening. This has been Habs nightly. Please give us a follow, um, and then share like our stuff. That would be fantastic. We're mainly on Twitter, so you can follow us at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. Um, it has been a pleasure talking to you guys. And as always, we love y'all. And this has been Habs Nightly. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from.